And of course, for all my listeners in the Georgia area, you can come out to Booch Fest at the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The next show is taking place tonight at a special start time of 7.30 p.m. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. And on December 10th, Combat Pro Wrestling presents Seasons Beatings at Eastside High School, located at 1300 Brushy Creek Drive, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 1300 Brushy Creek Road, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I, of course, will be the ring announcer for this event, and the show will be featuring special guest general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Also scheduled to appear are... The Cowboy James Storm, the legendary Barbarian, the Greater Good Garrett Sinclair, Forever Young Devin Cruz, from AEW Griff Garrison, the Russian Wolf Neil Koloff, from Tosh.0 Dave Wills, it's still real to me damn it, the All-American Blue Chipper Chase Emery, Buckshot Brian Brock, NWA Tag Team Champions and NWA United States Tag Team Champions. The Heat Seekers. Born Scum Chase Lovelace. Stan the Man Lee. From AEW Dark and Friday Night SmackDown, Marcus Cross. Outlaw Randy Wayne. From AEW Dark, The Brolic, Tyson Maddox. The Gimmick Destroyer, Dave Stage. And many, many more stars. Be sure to follow them on social media via Facebook at Combat Pro Wrestling, Twitter at Real Combat Pro, and on Instagram at Combat underscore Pro underscore Wrestling. To find out more information on superstars that will be added and when the tickets will be on sale. I am so excited to be part of this show. I look forward to ring announcing and I also look forward to seeing all of you in Taylor, South Carolina, as we do a benefit show for the Eastside High School Weightlifting Department. So come on out for a great show and let's help the students of Eastside High make some motherfucking games.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again with our NFL talk, and of course, I cannot do the NFL talk without the NFL exporter himself. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to welcome back to the show the one, the only, the man who, after last week, is now also called the $100 man, Lance Goodman. Lance, welcome back to the show. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Vinny, for having me. How's everything going today? Oh, dude, everything's going great, man. Um awake i'm energized uh no more medication at least not for now but hopefully the weather doesn't change again how you doing bro i'm doing good i'm doing good rainy and cold but uh november is here uh winter is right around the corner so uh mother nature has to take its course and uh here we are so uh heading into week 11 of the nfl season we got to like the, a lot to uh bite on today let's get into it absolutely so um obviously um last week we had the uh we had the the watch party uh with the falcons and the cardinals where uh you know, I, 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 and everybody, everybody's like freak. Everybody, some people are mad because Falcons are losing. Some people are going crazy over the weather. You were just happy to win like a hundred bucks in a pool, man. That was awesome. So, uh, how'd you feel about the show last week? Oh, uh, it, it was, it was definitely really good. Uh, as always, you know, just continuing to uh, raise the bar and set the standard. Um, you know, allow for people to get the concrete information to know uh, exactly why you have me on the show, exactly why I am regarded as the confirmation, why NFLExporter.com is thriving and doing so well in terms of providing people with fact-based uh, information in regards to NFL football. Uh, definitely number one for fantasy football advice in this year, uh, extending our wings even further to providing individuals uh, with gambling advice. So it's a very uh, fun and lucrative time. And as you mentioned, you know, it's a very uh, exciting time at our Rise Up Watch Party uh, last week where uh, those who are participating uh, right now, uh, it was the over-under in the Atlanta-Carolina game and it was 41 and I just tell people all the time you know um, there are definitely pros and cons to uh, betting or sports gambling whatever term you like to use but in order to succeed you need a little bit of skill a little bit of luck and you just have to land on the right side of the fence and lucky for me that's exactly what happened if it were not for uh, three missed extra points combined by both kickers uh, I would have not hit my under I would have been on the wrong side of the fence I would have not got my hundred dollars so uh, very happy that things worked out to my favor that day because there are many a days that they don't. Yeah, and it's not often that the extra point gets missed, I've learned in the NFL. So, like, to have that happen three times in a game, that, that was nuts to me. Like, I was like, I've, ne- I've I've seen it happen maybe once a season, but never three times in a game. Like, that's that's got to be a rarity. Yeah, you know what? It's something that has actually become more of the norm. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew or not, Benny, especially since, man, we haven't done our, our uh, show in, in some years, but I don't exactly remember when let's just say within the last five to seven years I think that's pretty accurate maybe a little more a little less but the NFL changed the distance for their extra point so like you said at once upon a time I think an extra point attempt was maybe 20 yards 15 yards something like that Uh, but in recent years they've moved it back to where now an extra point is like maybe 30 or 35 yards and it is a very short and high percentage kick but for some reason uh, these these kickers have been missing these extra points quite frequently. Um, And so I don't know if it's a mental hurdle. Uh, I don't know if it's just something that kickers struggle with. Uh, I would say it probably still only happens about 10 to 15% of the time. Uh, But, you know, those points do add up and count. And especially when you are playing the point spread, uh, they certainly factor in. Absolutely. And and you did mention about how we haven't done the show in some years. And obviously we're going to get to the highlights of this week in just a moment. But I don't know if I ever asked you this question, but just in case for anybody new listening, I'll ask 
ask it again. Um, one of the things we were talking about last week was, um, you know, obviously um, Frank Wright getting fired from the Colts and, uh, you know, the Panthers letting go of two more assistant coaches. And this is always something that I always found fascinating was usually when teams are struggling or there's a lot of lost games and stuff, there's usually players being traded or people being released or whatever. And, you know, a lot of times the players can get the blame because they're the ones out there on the field playing. So my question has always been, at what point in a game or season or whatever, at what point when you're seeing a team on a losing streak or a team that's struggling, at what point does it become the coach's fault and no longer the players? Like, when? how does it get to a point where the coach is getting the blame? Circumstantial. You know, I believe that for each uh, circumstance is going to be different. Uh, Frank Wright, who we're speaking of now, the former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, he just kind of found himself in a peculiar situation. Uh, you know, the Colts have been trying to replace their franchise quarterback, Andrew Luck, who decided to retire earlier than most NFL quarterbacks, especially one of his caliber. You know, uh, talent-wise, Andrew Luck, who was a former number one pick from the University of Stanford, um, had taken the Colts to an AFC championship game, highly regarded as one of the top 10 to 12 uh, quarterbacks in the NFL at the time that he decided to retire. He basically had a bunch of concussions. Um, at the time, Indianapolis's offensive line uh, was not that good. So he was under a lot of duress. And smartly, you know, you've seen that be another trend. We'll talk about that some other time. But there are a lot of NFL players, I should say a decent amount of NFL players who at a very young age have decided to uh, take their guaranteed money and get out for health and safety precautions. And that's what Andrew Luck's situation was. He was newly married, had a kid, had a huge contract, and basically just decided, you know what, my health being available to my wife, being available to my son, hey, I've got all this money. I don't want to risk injury. And so the Colts are a team that over the last five years, they had veteran uh, Phillip Rivers for a couple years. They tried Jacoby Brissett for a year, who's now with the Cleveland Browns. Last year, they brought in Carson Wentz. This year, they elected to go with Matt Ryan. So their team has really been struggling to find a good quarterback. And they made the playoffs one year. I think when you do that for a franchise, whether it is justifiable or not, that becomes the standard of the team. You know, the expectation is at the bare minimum, you make the playoffs. And uh, Indianapolis was not able to do that last year. This year, they got off to a horrible start. And so Frank Wright, you know, really ended up being the last in the, uh, in the line. You know, they, the first steps that the Colts took were they demoted Matt Ryan, a former Atlanta Falcons quarterback. They, he came over in the offseason to be the starter. So first they demoted him. Uh, the plan was basically to sit him on the bench for the rest of the year because he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. Uh, when you look at the constructs of their offense, uh, Vinny, this is a game uh, of game planning and scheming. And when you looked at the Indianapolis Colts team this year, uh, they had a great running back in Jonathan Taylor, led the NFL in rushing last year. But what happens a lot of times is when a player uh, does that, then it automatically opens the eyes to opposing teams and they make that the focal point of what they want to stop. So the offensive line for Indianapolis wasn't performing well. Obviously, you can't uh, fire or cut too many of those guys midstream. Um, injuries were taking place. Uh, Indianapolis only had one good wide receiver. Um, so they just were underperforming. Uh, after they demoted Matt Ryan, they fired their special teams coach. They fired their offensive coordinator. And then they finally pulled the plug on Frank Wright. And you don't know what those conversations were behind closed doors. You know, maybe he did not want to be there anymore. Maybe he wasn't happy. Maybe the organization told him his time was up. But in the bigger scheme of things, um, I think the accountability goes across the board, Vinny. I think when it gets to the 
head coach, it's to a point where you really feel like maybe the coach has either lost the team, his voice is not resonating, or I think in Frank Reich's uh, situation, Vinny, when you look at where the Colts are as a team and where they fit into uh, the confines of the AFC, which it does not appear this year, at least, they're going to be a team that's going to make the playoffs. So I think in Indianapolis, it was just time for overall change. And that's why we see Frank Reich uh, without a job today. And uh, interim coach Jeff Saturday, which was a huge surprise uh, across the NFL, was able to step in. And um, I, I don't buy too much into it. You know, I know we'll tackle the game. I think it was just really this week a result of the team they played, which is the Las Vegas Raiders. And they they just flat out uh, are a bad football team. So I, I'm not certainly uh, under the assumption or buying into that uh, Jeff Saturday uh, becoming the Colts head coach this week jolted the team and caused them to play better or perform better or something like that. I think it just was really a result of who their opponent was. Yeah, absolutely. And that was uh, definitely um, a hell of a game. And uh, speaking of the games, uh, what would you say were the, the highlights of um, of Week 10? What stood out to you the most? Yeah, uh, when, I, when, I, when I look at the, uh, the result of the NFL games from this past week, Benny, the big one is going to stand out. Um, and there were many. So this was definitely a good week of football. But it was the Buffalo Bills losing at home to the Minnesota Vikings. And we've seen a bad trend uh, for Buffalo, uh, and in particularly their quarterback, Josh Allen, who came into the season uh, regarded uh, right along with Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs as the best quarterback in the NFL. Preseason MVP votes. Uh, the Bills are cert- were certainly a team expecting to go to the uh, to the Super Bowl. And when you look at the Bills' last three games, Josh Allen has thrown two interceptions. Uh, in each of those games, he's throwing interceptions in the red zone, which is taking points off the board for Buffalo. Uh, sometimes when you have bad habits, and especially in sports, let's say that you have a bad habit, but you're winning games. Then that bad habit maybe does not get enough light shed on it or talked about enough. But in the case of the Buffalo Bills, it's become the elephant in the room. You know, t- three weeks ago, they played Green Bay at home. Uh, they were still able to win that game, but Josh Allen had some bad interceptions. One, throwing back across his body in the middle of the field. That is a cardinal sin for a quarterback in the NFL. His other interception uh, was in the red zone. And for, you know, many people who may not be familiar with that term or what it is basically in football, once you get inside of your opponent's 20-yard line, they call that the red zone. You're basically in scoring distance. And so when you are that close to the end zone, it behooves you as a quarterback that if there is nothing available, throw the ball out of bounds. So that way your team can get a field goal, a.k.a. three points, and you move on. Last week against the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills lost by three points, and Josh Allen threw an interception in the red zone, and that was the difference in the game. You figure if he just simply throws the football out of bounds, Buffalo kicks that field goal, worst case scenario, if the Jets score, it's a tie game. So he cost them there. And then this past week against Minnesota, Buffalo was up 27 to 17. They're pretty much controlling this football game. Uh, And again, Josh Allen, nobody is forcing him to throw these balls. Instead of simply, again, throwing the football out of bounds, allowing for Buffalo to kick a field goal, which would extend the game out to a 30 to 17 lead, he throws another interception in the end zone. And it ended up costing them. The Bills end up losing that game. And afterwards, Josh Allen was definitely held accountable. You know, reporters were asking him major media was on his case so if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan um, I would say that I feel good in the regard that that is a mental uh, uh, thing that can be fixed that's decision making I think Josh Allen after watching film after costing right he single-handedly cost his team wins in back-to-back weeks I think that's fixable so I'm definitely frustrated if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan but I think it's fixable we you know I I would I, I would be hard pressed 
if I see Josh Allen this week at home against Cleveland to do the same things. On the flip side, for the Minnesota Vikings, they just find key ways to keep winning, Vinny. And right now, uh, especially after the Philadelphia Eagles lost last night, which we'll get to in a minute, that was definitely a shocker this week. Minnesota's 8-1. and one. They're tied for the best record in football. Uh, their team has definitely flown under the radar. And uh, I think they're very interesting because they have tons of talent. Their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, is the guy who's been maligned and well-known to shrink in the biggest moment. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Vikings finish their season out. They have a big test this week going to Dallas, but they certainly have been a surprise uh, team this year, Vinny, um, at 8-1. and one. Um, Were there any games, Vinny, that stood out to you or that you uh, seen that were shocking or went exactly how you thought? Um, I mean, the, the Vikings-Bills game was amazing to me. Like, the, 70, the 71-yard touchdown from Dalvin Cook. Uh, the incredible comeback in overtime, like that, and I know, I know, and I know Josh Allen threw those interceptions, but like there were times where he was like literally running the ball down there, like there were times where he literally couldn't find anybody, and he was just like effort and ran, like that. To me, that that dude's a freak of nature. Like I, he is, and everybody on the Bills, he stands out to me like the most. Like if somehow the Bills make it to the Super Bowl, I see him becoming the MVP somehow. And then you have like the botch snap in the end zone where the Vikings got the touch down and um but for people that don't know uh botch is a wrestling term which means somebody screwed up so I, I i sorry to throw a wrestling term in a football segment but i just wanted to clarify that um of course um jacksonville starting the game with an onside kick never seen that before uh that was news to me i was like i was like weird i'm watching that game and between that and tony from the Chiefs with the spin to avoid the tackle i feel like i was watching an nfl blitz video game because that's literally when i used to play nfl blitz that's exactly what i would do i would always do the onside kick so i could take the ball from him so that was that kind of stood out to me. Um, and of course, uh, uh, on the Broncos game, like Wilson throwing the 25 yard uh, pass from their own end zone, I thought was epic. Uh, the 66 yard uh, touchdown from Virgil, I thought was great. Um, Jacob Martin with the sack on Tannehill, I thought was awesome. Uh, Wilson for Miami was crushing it. Like, I yes. clearly didn't even know what hit them. Miami dominated that game, I thought was awesome to me. And then the, the touchdown from Darius Slayton, like all the way on the outside, I thought was very clever. Um, I had one moment where I laughed because I saw like Johnson from the Steelers like catching the ball and for a brief second he kind of ran the wrong way <laughs> like what the he like, like he caught it and then he kind of went backwards and he I think he almost lost the first down or he lost the first down they didn't really clarify that I like, couldn't really tell um and then Green Bay and Dallas was a dog fight like that to me was probably the most like competitive back and forth game of the week again that's my opinion if I'm wrong correct me um and then Rondell Moore with the one-handed catch in the Cardinals Rams game those those were the highlights for me for this week most definitely yeah definitely so I'll, I'll just piggyback right off of those games in no particular uh set order new york giants uh, definitely, Vinny, are a team that uh, is playing much, much better than expected. And I think, you know, we were talking about coaching early, Vinny, uh, coaching earlier, Vinny, in the segment. This is exactly what we're talking about. The New York Giants were a team over the last few years that really have become a laughing stock in the NFL. Uh, major problems on their offensive line, a pretty solid defense, but running back Saquon Barkley uh, have been dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, quarterback Daniel Jones, uh, to his defense, really didn't have much to work with 
good on the outside at wide receiver, a lot of injuries going on. Uh, actually, Kadarius Tony, who you spoke about a moment ago for the Kansas City Chiefs, who had that cool spin move. He's definitely a elusive guy and why the Chiefs brought him over. Uh, they like those type of players on their team to maximize their potential. But Kadarius Tony was one of the many wide receivers for the New York Giants who couldn't stay healthy. You look at the Giants this year at seven and two, overachieving by a long shot. Uh, head coach Brian Dabble, who was the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills last year, has really come over. And, you know, in the NFL, it's all about when you really hear a head coach, what you're really hearing about is a leader of men. You know, this is not high school. This is not college. Uh, guys, livelihoods are on the line. Um, these are grown men. And you have a variety of younger players to veteran players, guys who may have been on different teams. Maybe some have been on teams that were winners, some on losers. So you really have to be a leader of men. And when you come in as a new head coach, uh, it is your obligation. And that's really what a first year head coach is about is selling the team on your vision, changing the losing culture. A lot of that comes with breaking practice habit, a better practice habit, better film study, better preparation. And then obviously that has to translate over to the football field. So when I look at this New York Giants team right now at seven and two, they are dead smack in the middle of the playoff hunt. Uh, they're only one game off of Philadelphia, Minnesota, who both have eight and one records. And all of those things that have been problems for them the last few years, new head coach Brian Dabble has come in and straightened out. You know, New York is winning a lot of their games, Vinny, by one score or less, but it is the discipline. It's the uh, not not having penalties at the wrong time. Uh, Daniel Jones understands he needs to protect the football. A healthy Saquon Barkley is really what's making this offense go. This week, Vinny, 35 carries, 152 yards, a touchdown. He is definitely showing everyone when he is fully healthy. He's without question one of the top running backs in the NFL. And then you mentioned the Slayton touchdown, which I've seen as well, which is really cool. It didn't look like anything was there from the beginning, but uh, he was able to shake free. And once he got some leverage on the outside, picked up a couple blocks and was able to outlast defenders to the end zone. So the New York Giants are another team that are really surprising people. And this is the first time, Vinny, probably in the last 10, maybe five to 10. I maybe can even go, you know, probably 20 years, we mean 2022. So yeah, I'll say probably in the last maybe five to 10, 12-ish years where both the Giants and the Jets have winning records and have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. So there's still a lot of football left, but I know if you're a New York Giants fan, uh, this season has been much more enjoyable than what you've had to witness the last couple years. I think the same thing holds true, Vinny, for the Miami Dolphins. You know, you talked about their impressive victory, and it was impressive, Vinny. I mean, at home against the Cleveland Browns, uh, like you said, it, it, it just was too much. I mean, before Cleveland could really look up and, and kind of uh, grab their wits, it was too late. I mean, Miami is a team right now, uh, quarterback Tua Tungavaloa playing at a super high level, actually became the first quarterback, Vinny, in NFL history. Not Peyton Manning, not John Elway, not Dan Marino, not uh, Drew Brees, not Tom Brady. Tua Tungavailoa is the only quarterback in NFL history to have three consecutive games of 135 passer rating or more. So, I mean, he is hitting on all cylinders. The addition of Tyreek Hill from the Kansas City Chiefs to go along with Jalen Waddell. Um, the defense has been shaky. Uh, I think this is probably the best they played all year, but they got out to a huge lead. The thing that's most impressive about Miami is they're now finding balance on the ground. And I think that's something that could make this Miami Dolphins team extremely dangerous. We already knew with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in a way that Tua Tungvaloa was playing at quarterback that they could move the ball up and down the field through the air. But this is how it works, Vinny, in a lot of life, as you know, is relationships. And so the new head coach for the Miami Dolphins is a former 
former offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. If you look at the running backs who are on the Miami Dolphins roster this, this year, and I should say really the last couple weeks, it's Jeff Wilson Jr., who is a former San Francisco 49er, and Raheem Mostar, who's a former San Francisco 49er. So both of those guys now are in Miami with their former offensive coordinator and playing extremely well. Wilson Jr. just came over in a trade from the 49ers last week and already had a great game with 119 rush yards and a TD. A Mostert behind him had uh, 79 yards on the ground. So uh, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, like a New York Giant fan, compared to what you've seen over the last couple years, you are extremely excited about what you're seeing for this Miami team. And like I said, they can definitely move the football through the air. If they can find a way to get their defense playing better and have a consistent running attack, this is going to be a team that's going to be extremely dangerous come playoff time. Uh, you talked about Green Bay and Dallas. You know, that that certainly was, you know, uh, for the four o'clock games, that was the most exciting one. Uh, up and down, back and forth, a lot of big plays. Uh, it just was a fun and exciting game to watch. And I think it was a game, at least for the moment, that saved the Packers season. You know, Green Bay was a team who came in losing five consecutive games. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is just hard to fathom. Um, nonetheless, they were able to find a way to win at home. And I think the thing that was most shocking in that game, Vinny, is, you know, it took Green Bay basically 10 weeks to kind of figure out the most effective method for them to win football games. You know, you would think in the offseason after they lose all pro wide receiver Devonta Adams, you heard grumblings coming out of Green Bay in the preseason that their young wide receivers, they drafted uh, two, two uh, rookie wide receivers. You were hearing grumblings about how those receivers were having issues with drops and timing and, and so on and so forth. So you would think with Green Bay having Aaron Jones, who had 24 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown this past week, combined with A.J. Dillon, who is a very powerful, strong runner, that that would be the recipe that Green Bay would use to win football games. And for the first time this year, they actually uh, focused on that and the result was to their favor. Now, they were down 14 points. Uh, in the fourth quarter. It took a huge rally for them to come back. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out for them the rest of the season because right now, I still do not see them as a true contender. But a lot in sports, Vinny, is about momentum. And I think at least for the moment, uh, this should have made practice a little bit easier for Green Bay uh, this week. Preparation a little bit easier. You've seen their head coach, who was one of two. Don't let me forget to talk about Derek Carr, but, you know, Matt LaFleur, the uh, head coach for Green Bay, basically, you know, almost broke down and started crying. You know, I mean, losing is something that's very hard pill to swallow. I'm pretty sure for Green Bay as well, which is this team has been the top team record-wise in the NFL the last two seasons. And so, uh, if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I think my concern now is uh, this defense has been playing lights out all year, but over the last three weeks, we've seen defenses, I mean, opposing offenses be able to gash them in the running game. So, I think it'll be real interesting to see how things play out there. Uh, the Packers have a short week with a tough Tennessee Titans team coming in. So I think it's going to be real interesting to see how that one played out. Uh, just to move along, kick our pace up a little bit. The best game outside of the Vikings and Bills in the one o'clock slate, Vinny, was the Lions and Bears. And this is great that you brought up the, the extra point, uh, which also is the name of uh, my fantasy football show, the Extra Points Fantasy Football Show. And so uh, Detroit was playing against Chicago. Chicago was another team where their fans, even though their record is three and seven, over the last three weeks, 
the changes we've seen in quarterback Justin Fields, who broke an NFL record himself for the most rushing yards by a quarterback over a five-game stretch. He's playing lights out this uh, Chicago Bears offense that looked like a JV high school team to the first seven weeks of the season have completely turned things around. So if I'm a Chicago Bears fan, regardless of how this season ends, as long as Justin Fields and his offense can continue to improve and look the way it's looked the last three weeks, it's a win. You have something to build on. As for the Detroit Lions, finally able to pull out a couple tough wins. They're one of those teams, Vinny, where um, they just have a difficult time crossing the finish line. They can get there, they get up in these games, and then they give up a play at the end. You know, something happens to where they just can't win the game. In the last two weeks, last week at home against Green Bay, they made the winning plays and were able to hold on in a one-possession game this week at Chicago. They got a little luck, Vinny, because after the Bears took a lead on a 67-yard touchdown run by quarterback Justin Fields, the kicker for Chicago missed an extra point, Vinny. And instead of the score being 31-24, to the score was 30-24. to That left the door open for Detroit to drive down and score. Their kicker made the extra point, and the Bears end up losing by losing the game by a point, 31 to 30. So that just goes to show how important these extra points are because in this game, it ended up being the difference between a game going to overtime and one team winning. We looked at Denver and Tennessee. I think we all know what it is right now. Um, both of these teams, um, man, it's just a ceiling. You know, for Denver, I think you are certainly happy that the offense looks better than what it did to start the season. But at three and six in the AFC, it's just too little too late. I mean, at this point, unless they can win the rest of their games, you know, they're in position to maybe only lose two at the most. And so I think if you're a Denver Broncos fan, you're just hoping that by the time the season ends as a team, they have their act together and can come back stronger next year. For Tennessee, we know exactly what they are. It's a team, Benny, that's going to run the football with Derrick Henry. Very limited in the passing game, but Ryan Tannehill is a veteran quarterback who knows the offense enough. Uh, He's been there maybe about three to four years, so he's had the same playbook and offensive coordinator. So he's a guy, even though he's working with uh, really not much on the outside at wide receiver tight end, he knows the offense enough to make uh, some some game-winning plays. But their defense is what Tennessee hangs their hat on. Only gave up 10 points, if you recall, last week uh, in Kansas City uh, before their offense just couldn't put up enough points. You know, they held Kansas City in Arrowhead to, to 17, excuse me, 13 points through four quarters. So, I mean, this Tennessee Titans defense is for real. Um, but again, we know with the Titans, it's only going to go so far, right? I mean, Derrick Henry can only do so much on his own. The defense can only do so much. They're a team that really struggles uh, scoring the football. And you can see how wide receiver A.J. Brown, who's now in Philadelphia, is a major loss for that team. You looked at Kansas City in, in uh, Jacksonville. Kansas City winning that game 27-17. to 17. Chiefs improvement to 7-2. Uh, and two. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's just great. I mean, just plain and simple. I mean, this 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 guy is, he's great. And to sit and watch him play weekly is a true joy. Um, just the level of consistency that he plays with. You know, he'll make a mistake here and there. But you just know with Kansas City, as long as they are within arm's reach, the game is never over. And uh, Patrick Mahomes is just the best in the business right now. Uh, back-to-back games with four touchdown passes. You know, he year in and year out is writing his name uh, in the NFL record books. Um, we know that Jacksonville's a team right now that certainly has improved from a year ago. A lot of young talent, but just not good enough fundamentally to win the game uh, at, at Kansas City. Um, you move down to the Saints and the Steelers, and I think that was expected. You know, the Steelers were coming off a bye. Uh, what really helped them out a lot, and you kind of knew that was going to happen, was uh, all-pro linebacker T.J. Watt uh, returned to the lineup. He had missed maybe the last six weeks or so with a bicep tear. So their team as a whole is completely different, Benny. When 
when he's on the football field. He brings such a level of intensity and and focus and excitement that it 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 really permeates throughout the rest of the team. And so it wasn't an impressive victory. You know, they beat uh, the Saints twenty to ten at home, but it was much needed. You know, Pittsburgh was a team right now at three and six. You know, came into the week two and six. Uh, 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 there were certainly playoff aspirations when the season started. It's looking very grim for them, but at least they were able to get a win at home. On the flip side, for the Saints, at now at three and seven, uh, they dropped their last two games. You're hearing reports now that uh, head coach Dillis, uh, Dennis Allen is thinking about making a quarterback change back to Jameis Winston away from Andy Dalton. We talked about the Raiders and Colts game a little bit. Um, again, I just think personally that I do not think this was a Jeff Saturday became the head coach and now all of a sudden Indianapolis is a different team. The Las Vegas Raiders, uh, they're bad. And that's just plain and simple. You know, there's no way around it at two and seven right now. They have a new head coach, Vinny and Josh McDaniels, former offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. And I'll say quarterback Derek Carr, who broke down and cried on the podium after the game. I think it's a result of failed expectation. You know, when 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 the Raiders went out this year and got Devonta Adams from the Green Bay Packers, and he's doing his thing. Certainly not his fault. Nine catches, 126 yards, a touchdown. Uh, you look statistically, Adams is still one of the top five receivers, five, six receivers in the NFL. But their issues remain on the defensive side of the football and also injuries. You know, all pro caliber tight end Darren Waller has missed the majority of the season. And that's a big loss uh, for their offense. It was a tightly contested game. But in the end, it was the Colts who were able to co- hold on. And there's questionable play calling. You know, for this is the second time, Vinny, for quarterback Derek Carr to wear. He had a similar situation in Kansas City earlier this year. You know, it's fourth down in eight yards or nine yards. And he decides Derek Carr, their quarterback, that he wants to throw a bomb. And to me, that goes on the coach and also the quarterback. That's not good football when you only need a certain amount of yards. And you kind of know that, right? At that point, the game is on the line. You know, you're not going to kick a field goal. You're down five points. So the key is on the play before that, you want to just try to get a couple yards to make that fourth down more manageable. So long story short, they're a mess this year for the Raiders. Their season is completely done. Uh, It's going to be uphill battle for them. And they're a team that had a lot of expectations because they made the playoffs last year, Vinny. So uh, I'm pretty sure that fan base out on the West Coast is unpleased. Uh, Again, for a week out in Indianapolis, this was a feel-good victory. Um, I don't know if the Colts can turn the thing around. I think the thing that was most interesting about that game, Vinny, was when Frank Reich was the head coach of the Colts, he decided to pull the plug on quarterback Matt Ryan and go with a younger player. Uh, Soon as Jeff Saturday takes over now, all of a sudden, Matt Ryan's back in the lineup. And I can tell you 100% that if that backup quarterback, Sam Ellinger, was back in there for the Colts again as we got the Raiders, they would have not won that football game. So I don't know if that may have played something into Frank Wright departing because I can tell you when Frank, uh, when Matt Ryan was asked to uh, step down as starter, me and the majority of Indianapolis Colts fans, uh, I think major media, we all kind of took that as a sign that they were throwing in the towel on the season right now at four, five, and one. Uh, Percentage-wise, they certainly still have a shot. A team who is done this year unless there is some type of miracle and uh, Jesus is real. So, (laughs) you know, that, 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 you know, it it, it can't happen, Vinny, but these Los Angeles Rams, I mean, this is a joke this year, Vinny, Um, compared to what they were last year winning the Super Bowl. I mean, quarterback Matthew Stafford, who had elbow surgery in the offseason, he's been a shell of himself. Uh, The offensive line has been in shambles. They can't do anything uh, to help that team get a running game. So their, their running backs are pretty much invisible. That's putting a lot of extra pressure on Matthew Stafford when he drops back to pass. Um, You look out in the passing game outside of Cooper Cup, 
who suffered a injury this past week. Um, unless he's able to get some great treatment and heal quickly, you can expect for him to miss some time. And it, it just feels like, you know, that the Rams um, are done this year. Again, anything's possible. Now, it certainly wouldn't surprise me because there is a trend maybe over the last 10 to 15 years or so that one of the two teams that makes the Super Bowl from the year before, they don't make the playoffs in the following year. So the Rams would really be one of the latest to follow that trend if it plays out, but they're just a mess right now. And I think on defense, which has played well this year, I think those guys are just getting tired of carrying the weight. Uh, defensive back Jalen Ramsey uh, received a little criticism last week for after the game uh, in so many words, pointing that out that, hey, look, defensively, man, we're tired. You know, I mean, we're coming out week in and week out. We're doing our job. And every time we hit the sideline and, you know, go to drink some Gatorade and sit down, you know, they're telling us, hey, get ready to go back on the football field. So I think that's a team that, uh, man, they're lucky that they won a Super Bowl last year because this year is a mess. As for the Cardinals, I wouldn't put a ton of stock into that win. They played against a backup quarterback. They played against a team who's ailing. I think the big question for them is their quarterback, Kyler Murray. I did not get an opportunity to see if he got injured during that game or did not play at all. But if you're Arizona, you certainly know that at four and six, your playoff hopes are desperately hinging on him being at quarterback. The Sunday night game, San Francisco and the Chargers. I think right now we all know the Chargers are a team that um, without Mike Williams and Keenan Allen at wide receiver, there are a lot of limitations there. Excuse me. Also, the Chargers defense. Um, which played well in this game, have been very inconsistent. I was not impressed by what I seen by the San Francisco 49ers, a team who was only able to put one touchdown on the board. It's unacceptable, and it's going to have to change quickly. When you have Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell, you know, when you have a, a, a top five offensive line, when you have that much talent on offense, 22 points is unacceptable. All those field goals are unacceptable. So, you know, if I'm a San Francisco 49er fan, I love the way my defense plays this last week, but I have already reached my limit. There is no way with this much star power that on any given week, we should not be putting up 27 plus points. So that's going to be something to watch out for. As for the Chargers, I think we all know what they are. A lot of talent, but have struggled with injuries, play calling. They're another team that just finds ways to get in their own way and not scoring a single point in the second half. Uh, it's just unacceptable. And then uh, to, to top the week off was the upset of the week last night. And that was the Washington Commanders going into to Philadelphia and I mean man they they took it to Philadelphia that's the first time I've seen Philadelphia really get pushed around like that you know the commanders were able to run the football 40 times um, defensively is where they did a great job though they did not allow for the Eagles to get their running game going and then defensively they did a great job of making sure that wide receiver AJ Brown who's one of the best in the business was under wraps and so you know you look at Philadelphia I think they're a team that is still uh, tops in the NFL, you know, top five. It was their first loss. We know the NFL is a league where everybody's going to lose a game or two or three. It's just too many things that change from week to week. Uh, when you look at this game, it was a division rival. Uh, and like I said, for the commanders, they came out and just played the exact type of game that you need to play, especially going into Philadelphia to come out with a win. And so, you know, looking at this Washington commanders team, they won four out of their last five games after a one and five start. Uh, Carson Wentz was their quarterback and his injury 
allowed for backup Taylor Heineke to come in and he's rejuvenated the team. Uh, after the game on Sports Center, uh, wide receiver Terry McLaurin for Washington, who had a big eight catches for 128 receiving yards, he just spoke on how Taylor Heineke is a guy that the team rallies around uh, his work ethic. You know, he just described him as a guy who's who's gritty. You know, a lot of times, Vinny, people have chips on their shoulders for not being given a fair opportunity, not having a chance to really showcase who they are. You know, a lot of these players have to work their way up from, you know, a practice squad or whatever the case may be. So he just spoke about how that change at quarterback uh, really end up being a huge boost of energy to their team. And I think it's reflective. If you look at them winning four out of their last five games, they're now at five and five. Uh, they certainly, you know, are in the wild card hunt. I mean, if you think about a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are four and five. So Washington has a better record than them right now. So, you know, if you're the Washington Commanders, I think you are hoping that these off the field issues with Daniel Schneider can kind of be pushed to the side a little bit and allow for the team to just focus on uh, building on some serious momentum that they have. I mean, coming off a win at Philadelphia, you know how good it feels, Vinny, to knock off somebody who's undefeated, especially a division rival. So I would assume that short trip back to Washington from Philadelphia was a good one. And they have a lot to build on again. If you're an Eagles fan or you play for the Eagles, I think you just kind of uh, reality check. Okay, hey, look, we were 8-0. Maybe we're drinking a little bit too much of our own juice. Whatever the case may be, we have some things to tighten up on because if not, regardless of the team who we're playing and what their record looks like, you know, if somebody comes in and plays harder than us and is more focused, then uh, we can certainly slip up and lose. So uh, this was a great week of football, Vinny. A lot of fun and exciting action. And um, now that we've kind of gotten over the hump, right, teams are... Uh, most teams have either played nine or 10 games. We have seven, seven games left, uh, uh, seven, eight games left, Vinny, um, for the rest of the season. So I think this is a real exciting time. And right now for any team that has a winning record or um, percentage wise, you know, has a shot at making a playoff. This is a time now where uh, you really can't afford to lose these head to head matchups because you could end up missing the playoffs by one game. And we see that happen every year. Absolutely. And this is definitely going to be, I think the next seven games are definitely going to be intense, and I look forward to, to seeing all of them. And, uh, of course, Lance, as always, um, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. But before we officially wrap up, remind everybody where they can find you on social media. Yeah, uh, on Facebook, it's NFL Exporter slash Lance Goodman. Uh, please send a friend request there. We have a great page, thousands of NFL fantasy football fans, uh, people just leaving comments, um, a lot of other great people to converse with. And so we'd love to have you on our NFL uh, Exporter page page on Facebook, become a part of the Go NFLX movement. On Twitter, it's at NFL Exporter. Um, you can find me on Instagram at UFCATL. That page is strictly dedicated for our Ultimate Football Club uh, Atlanta, where we have our live uh, monthly watch parties. And then the website itself, Vinny, is www.nflexporter.com. For all of those social media tags I gave you, the spelling is N-F-L-E-X-P-O-R-T-E-R.com. And uh, I update that website every Thursday. And so if you go to NFLExporter.com right now, you'll see information up there uh, from weeks past. We'll be updating this 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 upcoming Thursday. So if you're a football fan, uh, you play fantasy football, uh, you you like to bet on uh, on football games, then please definitely make sure to uh, latch on to one of those social media hand uh, outlets or the website and uh, continue to be a part of the great things that we're doing. Absolutely. And we got great things coming ahead. Lance, once again, man, thank you so much for 
joining us this week, and we'll talk to you next time. Absolutely, Vinny. Thank you for having me on the show as always. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. And, of course, as a quick reminder, tonight is Booch Fest, the Booch Fest comedy show at the Anchor Bar, located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. It is now at a special start time of 7.30 p.m. So come on down and see some hilarious acts from around the city of Atlanta. And of course, if you'd like to try your look at stand-up, it is a show-up, go-up show. The list drops at 7 p.m. Write your name down. Come on up and do some time. We look forward to seeing you guys there. Come on out for a great night of comedy. And of course, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Recently, the Wens and I recorded our recap of WWE Crown Jewel. It should be dropping this week. So make sure you guys check that out. And of course, check out our prediction episode if you haven't already before you hear the recap. But that'll be on the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. We've got about 10 episodes of Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the 90s recorded. So they will be edited and posted to the YouTube channel within the coming weeks and months. So make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel now so you can be notified when they drop. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. We're going to be getting together for the big Survivor Series at 8 p.m. as WWE debuts on the main roster. War Games! Uh, the female War Games match is already filling up. Uh, the Damage Control already has all their members. Uh, Bianca Belair's team is waiting for one more member. Hopefully we'll find out who it is uh, before Survivor Series. Or they might make it a special surprise return. Who knows? The men's War Games match hasn't even been established yet. We're hoping uh, tomorrow night on SmackDown they will get the ball rolling on that because the show's about a week away. But either way, twitch.tv slash theboochcast is where you can join us for the Survivor series. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project that we have in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. Our first level is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. Our second level is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of Boochcast fans out there aren't fans of the Peacock. So don't give, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans, are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is, all the money we raise 
goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed uh, Zach Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And for anybody new to the show, that's obviously a joke. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>